Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Howdy and welcome to Wikishuffle episode 63. I am your host, Jack Stewart. And our contributors are Christopher Wallace. Hello. And Philip Sharman. Hello. How are we all? I'm good. I'm really sleepy. I don't know how much podcasting I've got in me today. Sorry, right, we'll extract what little I have, smear it all over That's and all all we normally do. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you think we do each week? So today we're going to do a wiki shuffle. What's a wiki shuffle, Phil? A wiki shuffle is a term that we coined ourselves for pressing the random article button on Wikipedia. So we do that, interesting things turn up. Who coined the term? Are you coined the term, I do believe. Was it? Yeah. I remember really wanting to call it Shufflepedia to begin with. I'm yeah, glad, that was... That I'm was glad a... we didn't do that. So we're going to do those wiki shuffle things, and later on we'll have an update on Chris's love life. Yes, I'll, I'll fill you in. First, here is some intro music, and then we're going to do a wiki shuffle. So you always leave that little pause where we're supposed to react to whatever you say. Yeah, and you never and do. Sometimes Chris just goes, hmm, <laughs> or, or nope. <laughs> yeah. um, but he didn't this time, so I felt like I had to chime in with something. And you went with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in excitement about cryonics. Well, I am a bit. Yeah, that's, that's this This is good. I'm Yeah, I'm straight into this. Cryonics is the low temperature preservation. Usually it's minus 196 degrees centigrade. Specific. Of people who cannot be sustained by contemporary medicine. I'd imagine it would have to be specific, Why? Chris. Just till they're done, like a, like a chicken. Till they're done. <laughs> like a chicken, but backwards. Cryonics is the low temperature preservation, usually at minus 196 degrees centigrade, of people who cannot be sustained by contemporary medicine, with the hope that resuscitation and restoration to full health may be possible in the far future. Sorry, let me try oh. that again. In the far future. Oh. Oh. Space. Like Sleeper or Austin Powers. So I've, it, I've seen it in the films. But it says here... Or California Man. It's saying maybe possible in the far future. So you just get in, put in the fridge until it gets sorted. Until they do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're displaying an appropriate amount of scepticism and that's what yeah. we want to see from this podcast. No, but is it not perfectly possible that in the future they could bring people back to life? Yeah, but what if they can't? You're just stuck in the fridge. So there's people now that are in the fridge. Like the yes, butler. in the fridge. Like the butler, no, in, the like the butler in Tomb Raider 2, yeah, you have to jump over him and escape through the door before <laughs> he realises what's going on. And then sometimes his tray will get stuck halfway through the door. The door. That's basically just what they say. And you'll then. just see him shivering up and down. Yeah, cryonics. That's cryonics, yes. Gotcha. When you went into Lara Croft, I mean, I know she had a mansion, but you went into a fridge and there would be like massive bits of meat. Yeah, she had a lot of meat. Racks of it. She didn't live with anyone, did she? It was just, just her and her butler. butler. <laughs> Chris Barry from Red Dwarf 
Call him by his name. Cryopreservation of humans is not reversible with present technology. Cryonicists hope that medical advances will someday allow cryopreserved people to be revived. I just don't think they can do this. They can't. Exactly. Yet. Um, 20 years ago, people said CDs. That was that was music done. CDs. We'll never need anything better than CDs, will we? Look at us now. We've got something... It's okay, yeah, it's worse. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in a way, it's better. So what am I, where am I going with this? I don't know, but it's going to happen. I'm not convinced. We'll see what happens in the future. I will, because I'll be frozen. You won't, because you'll be dead. You'll just be cold. At least I'll have a chance of coming back. Why do you want to? You'll be the future. And trust me, guys, it's a scary place. Mm. You don't understand all the rules. Everyone's so young. They're all running around making cultural references you don't quite understand. I'm not bothered about dying. Yeah, for many reasons. I just think it's like... It's the same as before you were born. That's fine. I dealt with that at the time, didn't I? I didn't really notice. So I could deal with dying. Things like, you know, friends, family, whatever. It happens. People die. Mm -hmm. Get on with it. Yeah? Cheerful. Cheerful. Mm -hmm. But the thing that annoys me about dying is that I won't know what happens. In Neighbours. In neighbours. Wow. Just in in general. I'd want to. That's that really winds me up. I'm never gonna know how it all ends. How Yeah, that's the answer I want. Aliens. I wanna know about aliens. I wanna know about you know, how does Piers Morgan meet his horrible end? Who wins the Premier League for the next however many 500 years? 500 years. Yeah. I'm completely with you. If I had the choice right now between living to a hundred and having a fully interactive and rewarding life done well so with far. loved people. Or the alternative was I effectively died right now and couldn't interact with any more human beings at all. Mm-hmm. But I got to sit in space and just watch the rest of humanity unfold. Yeah. How great would that be? I could handle that. Definitely. Oh, that'd be my number one choice right now. I wouldn't even need to say goodbye to anyone. Just huh. no. let me go and watch. No, I think this says more about you two and your like, God complex than anything it's else. It's not a God no, complex. No, we're not, we're not controlling anything. it. It's just happening. Just idea, I just like, want to know what happens. I just happens. don't like the idea of you living in the real Sims. Like, yeah, that's, what no, we're that's not what we're doing. But, I'm not going to take anyone's swimming pool stairs away from them. You would, though, if you could. Well, I did in The Sims, but that's not <laughs> what I'm going to do. I just want to know how it all goes down. I'm fine with not knowing. I'm, I, I want to know if, like, the Nazis make a stunning return or if anyone ever scores a better goal than Jamie Vardy's goal against Liverpool, if Stone Cold Steve Austin ever wrestles again. I might know a lot of this... In you your know, lifetime. In my lifetime, but I might not. That so really when you me. come back, then, after you've frozen, let's say, I don't know, 5,000 years, whenever you decided... Probably what, a few hundred. All right, a few hundred. When you get out and you're walking around, you don't know anyone. Yeah. You're fine with that. You just want to know what you just want to catch I don't catch care if I don't know anyone. Right. I don't like people But anyway. when do you end then? Would you go back in the freezer? Like, I, get, I guess I'll, in and out? I'll see what the world's like. If it's nice, I'll probably just see it out because I'll think I've pushed my luck once. Uh, if it's awful, I'll say I'll stick me back in. And it would be a head fuck. But even just thinking about doing this, the thing I would want to do is not go out and explore the world. It's just sit and read Wikipedia and just get up to date. And it would take years. But I'd just sit in a room, feed me whatever space nuggets you've got. <laughs> Whatever they're eating. Whatever happens, there'll still be nuggets. No one's ever going to not want the... In fact, if anything, it's likely that most things will be nuggets because it's convenient. You can just pop them in your mouth. Just inject them. Anyway, we're going off topic here. But when would you go in then? When you're really old or just like now? If I said to you, Phil's been working on one. Oh, I would trust Phil though. (laughs) Like if I was going to trust anyone that I know to to escort me safely into the future. Phil's got one in the next room. You can go in right now if you want and we'll wake you up in 500 years. Well, we won't. If you could guarantee that I would be woken up in 500 years and I'd have to go now, then I would probably do it. Wow. Yeah. I'll well, let's myself. find out a bit more about what's involved. Let's. I mean, personally, the reason that I would like to be frozen and woken up again is to find out how those three seashells work. 
Cryonics is regarded with scepticism within the mainstream scientific community and is not part of normal medical practice. Yeah. Just to clarify that. I'm very sceptical about this and I am in the mainstream scientific community. It is not known if it will ever be possible to revive a cryopreserved human being. Cryonics depends on beliefs that death is a process rather than an event. Clinical death is a prognosis of death rather than a diagnosis of death. Yes. And that the cryonics patient has not experienced information theoretic death. Such views are at the speculative edge of medicine. Bullshit edge. I think it is reasonable to to think that this this will happen at we some can point. Freeze you and thaw you out again. Look at the advancements in technology and and science and medicine in the I last know, hundred told years. Us, you've told us about the iPods. That was <laughs> uh, it's basically the equivalent of that. Yeah, yeah, but basically. Those, but we're medicines. All those medicines and like uh, minerals and minerals. All the all the minerals. They're doing good and beneficial. I don't see a reason for this. We've been doing all right with our cycles for a long time now. Why are we suddenly all going to want to be superhuman? I'm not asking to be superhuman. <laughs> I'm just asking to see a bit of the future. Yeah, but you're changing. You're changing what we're used to. And not in a good way. <laughs> you're not supposed to just live forever. You're supposed to die at a point. That's the point of it. Oh. Is it? Well, that, that, that depends on whether you think there is a point to it or not. And I don't think that there is. Do you believe in a higher being? No. But you still believe that... that I believe is... in the simple thing of a beginning, a middle and the end. So is that... And, not... and I'm just extending my middle. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> but to, be, to be fair, though, no one's forcing me to. So exactly. I'm, I'm quite so... the opposite of forcing you. I think it's a very, very expensive thing to do. So I don't think it's even mm. really on the cards for anybody around this table. No. Cryonics procedures can only begin after legal death, and cryonics patients, inverted commas, are considered legally dead. Cryonics procedures ideally begin within minutes of cardiac arrest and use cryoprotectants to prevent ice formation during cryopreservation. They know what they're doing. The first human being to be cryopreserved was Dr. James Bedford in 1967. There's people that have done it. Yes. So there's people sitting in the freezer. Yeah. Isn't Disney? Walt Disney. I was of the impression that Walt Disney's head was on ice somewhere. Maybe not Just all of head. them. Just head. Disney on ice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> As of 2014, about 250 people were cryopreserved in the United States. Is that all? With 1,500 more having made arrangements for cryopreservation after their legal death. So I just said the thousands. After their legal there death. There must be thousands of nutters out there. No, 215. 250. So, okay. Yeah, 35 more than you thought. There you go. So they have to die first? Yes, because otherwise it would be murder. So, yeah, but what's the point in freezing them if they're dead? Because the idea is that technology may exist in the future to revive oh, bang your heart state, start you up You're going to be dead anyway because you're mm -hmm. being frozen. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a situation where you could just get in the freezer. Because uh, whoever put that freezer there would be complicit in your murder at that point. So, no. I would just walk in. Someone I'd be like, I see you. Someone has to press uh, up, put on the, the dial for how, <laughs> how many years. <laughs> <laughs> Not Futurama. <laughs> That's changed my opinion a bit. I don't want like someone following me around, like ready for me to drop. I mean, this is kind of a morbid thing to say anyway, but I kind of want my death to be in my hands. I don't want some stupid car crash or some ISIS prick with a bomb or like that kind of thing. I don't want that to kill me. I want to be able to say, right, I'm off now. Am I, <laughs> is this a bit dark? <laughs> a tad, but we'll work with it. We'll bring it around. So I, I want to, I would ideally just like to just sort of hop into the freezer and be like, I'm off. This but maybe by the time I'm 50, 60, that'll be a possibility You'll have anyway. something to live for by then. Yeah, great. <laughs> no, but by then, um, euthanasia will be accepted and, and legalised. Fuck it, I'll do this in Switzerland. They must have freezers. 
It's cold anyway. The theory. Everything associated with personal identity, including long-term memory and personality, is stored in durable cell structures and molecules within the brain that do not require continuous brain activity to survive. Under certain conditions, the brain can stop functioning and still later recover with retention of long-term memory. So Chris is basically doing this right now. <laughs> During certain surgical procedures, patients are routinely held in a clinically dead state at temperatures between 12 and 18 degrees centigrade for 30 minutes or more with no brain electrical activity and later wake with memories intact. Retention of memory has also been proven in other large mammals after three hours of clinical death at three degrees centigrade. Hmm. I'm not bothered about the memory bit. No, yeah. but you won't have any context for the things you're learning when you come back. I'll just be learning everything. Well, you can do that now. No, but I'll be learning everything from the past. Yeah, but you can do that now. Uh, and I am. But if you don't have any contextual it's been enjoy memory... It's been enjoyable. Why would I not want to listen to, like, hardcore history again from the start? I'd love to see the Simpsons, like, classic we, Simpsons episodes for the first time. We just need to give you a okay. bang on the head. So yeah. you just, like, forget a couple of years and then you can catch up again. Cryonics goes further than the mainstream consensus that the brain doesn't have to be continuously active to survive or retain memory. Cryonics controversially asserts that a human person survives even within an inactive brain that's been badly damaged, provided that the original encoding of memory and personality can, in theory, be adequately inferred and reconstituted from structure that remains. Cryonicists argue that as long as brain structure remains intact, there is no fundamental barrier, given our current understanding of physical law, to recovering its information content. Cryonicists consider a cryonics patient who has been declared legally dead to possibly still be alive by information theoretic criteria, and argue that true death should be defined as irreversible loss of brain information critical to personal identity, rather than inability to resuscitate using current technology. I think that's true. Your brain is all the important bits. I'd, I'd rather keep my brain. You'd rather <laughs> just be a <your> brain? <clears throat> if I could come back, it's like, yeah, a Futurama-style head mm. in a jar. So that you'd still be fine with that? If you, when you came back, because they were like, right, you can go in, we'll give you a discount, because you'll give us all your other bits. I don't use, like, my arms and legs much anyway. No, that's true. Chances could... are, at that stage... You could just be a head and they would they could get you a bionic body and it would be fine. It'd probably look like a normal body as well. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's way better than what you've got to deal with at the minute. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'll be a head, who cares? Put all your faith in the scientists. Hmm. I mean the problem is that the scientists that are working on this are all mental. Yeah, probably. You know, because the good scientists are working on achievable things. Yeah. And so all you're left with are the crazies. I benefit. So you're to... putting your faith in the crazy yeah. doctors, really. The Cryonics argument that death doesn't occur as long as brain structure remains intact and theoretically repairable has received some mainstream medical discussion in the context of the ethical concept of brain death and organ donation. Do you, do you fundamentally un, like, disagree with that, Ben? If you're, if you're legally dead, your brain still has capacity to be reanimated, so to speak. I'd say, yeah, the evidence supports that for short periods of time, yeah, you can be dead and your memories are remaining intact. Yeah. But the suggestion that maintaining that state is achieved by freezing pushes my incredulity buttons. Okay, fair enough. But if you had some bread and you wanted to save it for a week, what would you do with it? Put it in the freezer, wouldn't you? Bread it's never talk. as nice. It's never as nice once you've I got know, it out of the freezer, I know, it's never as though. nice. Oh, you're going to come out weird, do not you? <laughs> that's, what they, that's, what, that's what this will be they, they'll say right we've worked it out problem is once you come out you're a bit weird you're that's, just a bit like no, you're not as doughy as you were when you went in yeah. there yeah I mean you toast up alright but you wouldn't make a sandwich out of no. you 
it might be like that, but in the future, you don't know. They could get bread that you could freeze and it will taste pretty good. No, you'll, you'll come back wrong, like Buffy's mum. Bumbling around with Walt Disney. We're going to be best friends, apart from the racist bit. Cryonics uses temperatures below 130 degrees centigrade called cryopreservation in an attempt to preserve enough brain information to permit future revival of the cryopreserved person. Cryopreservation may be accomplished by freezing, freezing with cryoprotectants to reduce ice damage, or by vitrification to avoid ice damage. Even using best methods, cryopreservation of whole bodies or brains is very damaging and irreversible with current technology. Technology. If they did this for free, forget the money, if they offered you, they said, as soon as you die, we'll pop you in a freezer, 500 years, 1,000 years, however long you want, we'll bring you back. Would you not do it? No. Why? Because it sounds horrible. I don't want to come back in the future. Oh, I'd risk it for a biscuit, but I'm not going to let it interfere with my life as it exists. I'd have to learn everything again, and it took ages the first time. <laughs> I like the idea that you think that journey's finished. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know, understand how you could have no curiosity about what happens in the future. Well, I don't. It's not going to. But you love your like your sci-fi and your. I don't need to see it. It'll be really boring as well. It'll either be boring or depressing. It's not going to be fun. We're not going to have space cars. It's not going to be like Jetsons. Yeah. I'd love it if it would, but it's not. Yeah, but let's see what happens when it turns into The Walking Dead. Then I'm up for watching that. Exactly. Too. I'm but up I can for seeing... watch that now how... in my house with some crisps. <laughs> There'll still be crisps. I'm not coming back to a world where there isn't crisps. <laughs> Potatoes are gone, man. No! Gone. That might Haven't be true. Have you seen The Martian? <laughs> Potatoes are sticking around. The Martian isn't set in the future, Phil. Yeah, I know. Matt like Damon it. didn't turn any of those potatoes into crisps. What a wasted opportunity. Yeah, what did he do? He just them? did them. He just yeah, microwaved them all. He didn't have any salt or anything. He only had ketchup. But still, they're still hot. If you can crisp them up... I wouldn't have had baked potato. I'd have chipped them. I'd have definitely chipped <laughs> them. That would have been one of yeah. on his list. Where are we going with this? I don't know. I don't know. Back, back in time. Can you just come into the future with no, me? It'll be nice. Definitely It'll not. Be fun. Definitely not. Unless you can say I can come back. If we change it completely, so there's no less science involved... If we get to go on like a wacky time travel adventure, that's what we're describing. No, this is this is boring. No, no, it's not. I'm on about like Back to the Future, or we have like a car or like a weird box. So you only want to do it if we can have a car. To no, do it yeah, and I can come back again, not getting like stuck. I don't want to get well, stuck. Maybe in the future they'll have the means to bring us back. Oh no, that's not gonna happen, is it? No, no that's obviously not gonna. That's stupid. That, that's all right. That's that's it. That's where that's. I wouldn't want to come back. It's that's shown. where my line is. I want to go forward and I'll have a little look around, and then it'll be like, come on, then let's get back in. In time machine. <laughs> and then we back here. And I can say, look, I've seen the future. Shit, we should just stay where we are. And then no one will need to be frozen, because I told them. Do you think that the 2010s, as we're in now, are yep. better than the 1990s? No. Do you think that the 1990s were better than the 1980s? No. Do you think that the 80s were better than the 70s? Yes. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> right. This is... Now we know. So the peak time to be alive is the 1980s. Yes. So if we could freeze you and wake you up in the 1980s... Yeah. Stu, stu, stu. There you go. He's into that. Well, yeah, because I know what's coming. So it's like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. So you want to travel through time to remove the intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe. Jack and I have got a thirst for knowledge and human experience that we want to lap up as much as possible. I just want to go back for some nostalgia. I wa I'll stay for like 1984 to... <laughs> yeah. You get to wear one of those ties with like a piano keyboard on it. Yeah, um, yeah I'd see that. And then 1990, I'd just come back to now and I'd just be like a little holiday. Mm. 
What we're talking about is very hypothetical. Very. Very. But Ridiculous. But you can't discount it. I'm not discounting it. I'm Whereas just I, don't like I it. am categorically saying that you cannot just pop to the 80s for a holiday and then come back. No, but I'm saying if I could, I'd choose that over this. There's one thing that I want to know more than what's going to happen in the future. And that's what is going on in Chris's brain. So if you could figure that out for me. Cryonics requires future technology to repair or regenerate tissue that is diseased, damaged, or missing. Brain repairs in particular will require analysis at the molecular level. This far future technology is usually assumed to be nanomedicine based on molecular nanotechnology. Biological repair methods or mind uploading have also been proposed. Costs can include... Payment for medical personnel to be on call for death, vitrification, transportation in dry ice to a preservation facility, and payment into a trust fund intended to cover indefinite storage in liquid nitrogen and future revival costs. As of 2011, the US cryopreservation costs can range from... Do you want to have a guess at how much you think this is going to cost? Uh, it's a big window that they've got here in the, in I don't the range think it of would prices. Cost, I think it would cost a surprisingly low amount. About it's, 20 grand... Upwards. It's lower than I thought. It's from twenty-eight thousand dollars to two hundred thousand. So that's fourteen grand in real money. No more than that. About about twenty. Well then, okay. Tw- all right. It's a house deposit. I'd rather risk it on living in the future. But you're than not going to want the, you're now, not want the budget package, are you? You're not going to want the cheapest option you can go for. Yeah, well, you're what? Want the electric one. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what. <laughs> It depends what um, is in the, the luxury one. I mean, what else do you get for your money? Let's see if we can find out. It's often financed through life insurance. Creo Rus, which stores bodies communally in large dewers, charge $12,000 to $36,000 for the procedure. Some patients opt to have only their head rather than the whole body cryopreserved. Why would you do that? Is it cheaper to do that? I'd have thought so. As of 2016, four facilities exist in the world to retain cryopreserved bodies. Three are in the US, no surprise, and one is in Russia. As of 2014, about 250 people have been cryogenically preserved in the US, and around 1,500 more have signed up to be preserved. They're gaining in popularity because people know it's the right thing to do. It's not, because what if the world just blows up? Well, yeah, but what's the matter? The only scenario in which someone is going to bring me back is a world where it's peaceful enough to bother bringing people back from the dead. That's never going to If happen. there's nuclear war, they're not going to be thinking, oh, we better rescue Walt Disney. No, they're not. And that guy from Wiki Shuffle. So it's going to be peaceful enough. In fact, how can you be sure that anyone would want to bring you back? What if they just leave you? Then I'll be left. But what's the difference? Because I'll be technically dead. And that'll be no different to being dead. From my perspective, it's going to feel the same. Colder. I'm not going to be cold because I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Genuinely, I think this is a bad idea. Why? It just doesn't sound like good. That's <laughs> not a reason. You can't say it doesn't sound like good. If you're saying it's a bad idea, you have to give some evidence. It's just not good. It's not something that you should do. I'm against it. I'm, I'm more convinced I'm going to do this from reading this article because All right, why, you why wouldn't you? Only 250 people have got round to it in the 1,500 have signed up. Yeah. You must have to put a deposit down. I'm pretty sure it's a scam. Pretty sure it's a I scam. Could, I could bet, if you didn't know me, I could convince you. I could just say, I've I built this machine. But what's the matter if it's turn a scam? A fr- turn one of those chest freezers on its side, cryo chamber on the front, <laughs> put a little couple of knobs on it, 2010. I, <laughs> I would love to see... To, 
your homemade cryogenic Make it look like it, put some LEDs on it. Then when you're getting in, (laughs) get the money off you, put you in it and just push you in the sea. Done. Murder. But when I get in it, when I get in it, (laughs) I will be dead. So if I get chucked in the sea, it doesn't matter. I won't be brought back. I won't. I won't know about it. And you'll look because stupid when they find you. When <laughs> they'll right. throw you out, and you'll be really angry. But then I'll be alive. <laughs> so fine. There's a big section next against preservation injury, which talks about what happens when you get got by the ice, which really damages your cells and doesn't do very nice things to you. I can't really bother reading it all because it's a bit wordy. But it, it seems to be that there was a vitrification method introduced. I'll I'll go from this point. The use of vitrification rather than freezing for chronics was anticipated in 1986 when K. Eric Drexler proposed a technique called fixation and vitrification, anticipating reversal by molecular nanotechnology because the ice crystals smoosh up all your cells, it would appear, so to make them pretty much irreparable if you get frozen too quick or too wrong. Yeah, irreparable by today's scientific standards. But tomorrow's? Who knows? Well, by the same token, maybe just from your DNA they can bring you back. Well, maybe they can. But do we have that available? Don't get cremated, Chris, is the moral of this story if you want to get brought back. But you don't. I don't want to get brought back. Those who believe that revival may someday be possible generally look towards advanced bioengineering, molecular nanotechnology or nanomedicine as key technologies. Revival would require repairing damage from lack of oxygen, cryoprotectant toxicity, thermal stress or fracturing, freezing in tissues that do not successfully vitrify, and reversing the effects that caused death. In many cases, extensive tissue regeneration would be necessary because you're only ahead. According to Chronics Institute President Ben Best, Chronics revival may be similar to a last-in, first-out process. People cryopreserved in the future with better technology may require less advanced technology to be revived because they will have been cryopreserved with better technology that caused less damage to the tissue. Makes Makes sense. sense. In this view, preservation methods would get progressively better until eventually they are demonstrably reversible, after which medicine would begin to reach back and revive people cryopreserved by more primitive methods. Alternatively, some cryonicists propose that a brain could be electronically scanned and uploaded into a digital computer using hypothetical far-future technology. Far-future technology. For some, this raises a philosophical issue. Would such an upload actually be you? Would it be a new person who is like you but whose conscious experience you don't have access to? Or would it merely be a philosophical zombie? How shitty does that sound? Why does that sound shitty? You're a zombie. You're you're a cold zombie. You're not. Listen to what Phil's saying. It's (laughs) how much of my consciousness is owned by me. If I was cloned like... The Kill Michael Kill Hilton film, <laughs> Duplicity. If I was cloned and then I was killed but my clone got to survive, I'm not okay with that. If it, What? No. <laughs> no, I, I can't tackle this. It's just, you'll be a zombie. It sounds shit. And the cloning thing also sounds rubbish. We're not going to do that, Phil. We wouldn't do that to you. Uh, so without wanting to become another Nerdy Geek podcast, there's a theory in Star Trek that this is what's happening whenever anyone's teleported, is that effectively yeah. what it's doing is it's killing, oh, yeah. it's killing the one person yeah. and then just making a copy of them. And yeah, that copy's got all of their memories and all of their feelings so and behaves know. exactly the same, but the one that was left behind has been killed. So what's the problem? This is what I don't get. What is the problem with that? Well, you've stopped a lump of consciousness from having consciousness anymore. You've murdered them. Yes, but it's recreated. 
And it's exactly the same. It has all the same thoughts. Oh, and I'm memories fine and... on somebody else, but I don't want that to happen to me. But it'll still be you. It'll still have all of your memory and. Yeah, but it won't be me. It won't. I won't be it. I'll have just been smushed, and a copy will have been made of me. Well, that's fine, but I'm not that copy. Yes, but that copy will have all of the same thoughts as you. It's still going to be. But you. we won't be linked. We'll be two separate. Because if you'd made that copy if... and I was still here, so if I was to clone you right now, yeah. There's your clone sitting in that empty chair there, uh-huh. and you've both got exactly the same dopey looks on your face mm-hmm. and the same responses. Yeah. You're both as annoyed as each other about the fact they put salad on your burger earlier yes. this evening because you both yes. remember not eating that burger. But then I kill you. You're okay with that. No, but that's different, isn't it? Because when you teleport, you disappear and then it reappears. But it doesn't reappear. It's a new thing. Yeah, I get that. But the fact that only one exists at one time... Is fine because okay. it's the same. I get no, but you've still stopped existing. So if, I, if, if you got a, if you got a Jack clone, then yeah, I'd be pissed off because it's a clone. But what? Ha- what? And if- I know it is effectively cloning, but it's still only one Jack is going to exist at one time, and I'm cool with that. But well, it's not going to be you. But it, it's going to have the, all the same thoughts and experiences and yeah, everything but they're like not going to be yours. They're going to be this other clones yeah. thing. But it, does it matter? All right. Why well, does it matter? I don't get why the, it matters. To the external observer, no. But to me, it would matter because I wouldn't exist anymore. I mean, the copy of me would be pretty awesome. And, you know, your lucky world. Congratulations, mm. you get to carry on having me. I don't get to carry on being me, though, because I've stopped. But as far as you're aware, you've just been teleported. So you... No, no. As far as my clone is aware, they've just been teleported. As far as I'm the clone aware, doesn't even I don't exist That's anymore. what I mean, though. The clone yeah, doesn't even I notice. I don't give a shit about that, Tosser. You get what I'm saying. I understand. It, it boils down to the fact that I inherently just don't care. <laughs> and I'm, I just clearly do not Absolute value life. nihilism. Yeah, basically. I'm, I'm just not that bothered. Writing in Bioethics, David Shaw examines the ethical status of cryonics. The arguments against it include changing the concept of death, the expense of preservation and revival, lack of scientific advancements to permit revival, temptation to use premature euthanasia, and failure due to catastrophe. Arguments in favour of cryonics include the potential benefit to society of bringing Jack back. What? I don't see what benefit to society that has. The prospect of... Podcasting content. (laughs) (laughs) The prospect of immortality and the benefits associated with avoiding death. He explores the relatively minor expense and the potential payoff and applies it to an adapted version of Pascal's wager. Uh, This is interesting, Jack. Cryonicists are predominantly non-religious white males. Hey, I'm a non-religious white male. Indeed you are. According to the New York Times, among living cryonicists, men outnumber women by about three to one. According to The Guardian, most cryonicists used to be young, male and geeky. But recent demographics have shifted a bit towards whole families. Mm. In 2015, Du Hong, a 61-year-old female writer of children's literature, became the first known Chinese person to be cryopreserved. First known, I don't like that, the suggestion that there's secret cryogening going on out there. Probably. By shysters. Give us 25 grand and I'll put you in this freezer. Some scientists have expressed scepticism about cryonics in media sources. However, the number of peer-reviewed papers on cryonics is limited because its speculative aspects place it outside of the focus of most academic fields. While most neuroscientists agree that all subtleties of a human mind are contained in its anatomical structure, few neuroscientists will comment directly upon the topic of cryonics due to its speculative nature. Individuals who intend to be frozen are often looked at as a bunch of kooks despite many of them being scientists and doctors. Hey, if you're going to trust anyone, scientists... Dr. Ben Carson, yeah. Hmm. Podcasters. (laughs) 
at the extreme, some people are openly hostile to the idea of cryonics. Chris, yeah. you're at the extreme. You I'm are, actually, you are Chris, hostile you are, towards it. At the extreme. I sound really... hostile. I don't care if people do it. Honestly, I don't care. You said you don't want me to do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. But I'm not going to stop you. Don't oh, get in thanks. the freezer. I'm not going to do that. It's not a free. It's not like a hot point freezer. That's what I'm imagining. I know. I know so, it is. Is it more like? Is it more like in Demolition Man, where it's like a big pool I, and you have to put a pose on and you come rising up out of all the? Oh, in the nerd. I, I hope so. In the nerd. Yeah. Sandra Bullock is there. I'm not going to be wearing any pants, am I? You wouldn't freeze pants. That's madness. Oh, it's going to be really embarrassing when you come out because it is cold. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been embarrassing if it was hot, mate. <laughs> According to cryonicist Ashwin DeWolf and others, cryonics can often produce intense hostility from spouses who are not cryonicists. James Hughes, the executive director of the Pro-Life Extension Institute for Ethics and Emerging Technologies, chooses not to personally sign up for Chronics, calling it a worthy experiment, but stating laconically that I value my relationship with my wife. Loser. Cryobiologist Dayong Gao states that people can always have hope that things will change in the future, but there is no scientific foundation supporting Chronics at this time. Alcor disagrees, stating that there are no known credible technical arguments that lead one to conclude that cryonics carried out under good conditions today would not work. Many people assert that there would be no point in being revived in the future if their friends and family are dead. Yeah, that's a, a good point. Yeah, I don't yeah, care about that. I don't care. Make new ones, better ones. You would have nothing to talk about. You'd have no references. You'd be able to talk about, like, I don't know, show them Wikipedia. The basic truths of humanity, love and caring and beauty in the world. A sunset has been the same for millennia, and we can share those. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being friends with this guy. <laughs> no, but me and Walt Disney can hang out, can't we? We'll be like, oh, you remember the, the drawings that he did? And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, remember all those Jews? They were awful, weren't they? And I'll be like, oh, all right, Walt. <laughs> I'm just going to leave now. And then, okay, yeah, I'm not going to be friends with Walt. No, best not. But you can be friends with the future people. Do you remember how hard it was to get Phil to use emojis? Imagine that, like a thousand years. It wasn't years. that hard. It wasn't that hard, fair. But imagine if that was like a couple of hundred years ago. If you were even older. Even older! It would be so much more difficult. <laughs> While it is universally agreed that personal identity is uninterrupted when brain activity temporarily ceases during incidents of accidental drowning, where people have been restored to normal functioning brain after being completely submerged in cold water for up to 66 minutes, some people express concern that a centuries-long cryopreservation might interrupt their conception of personal identity such that the revived person would not be you. Yep, coming back wrong. Coming back wrong. Not worth the risk. Famous people associated with cryonics, but who are not cryopreserved. The urban legend suggesting Walt Disney was cryopreserved is false. Aww. He was cremated and interred at Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah, why did that? Well, how did that come to, going? come to be? Robert A. Heinlein, who wrote enthusiastically of the concept in The Door Into Summer, serialised in 1956, was cremated and had his ashes distributed over the Pacific Ocean. Timothy Leary was a long-time cryonics advocate and signed up with a major cryonics provider, but he changed his mind shortly before his death and was not cryopreserved. Famous people who are cryopreserved, so this is who you can hang out in the future, because Walt Disney's off the table. Okay. Among cryopreserved are James Bedford. James Hiram Bedford was a University of California psychology professor who wrote several books on occupational counselling. Okay, but that's good. That's, that's good. Yeah. Oh, you know. You can chat to him. Dick Clare 
was an American television producer, actor and television and film writer, best known for the television sitcoms It's a Living, The Facts of Life and Mama's Family. So a very funny person. That would be good. can do a new podcast with him. Me and Dick Clare. <laughs> Leslie Stephen Coles was the co-founder and executive director of Gerontology Research Group, where he conducted research on supercentenarians and on ageing. The others are Thomas K. Donaldson, Hal Finney... Jerry Leaf, John Henry Williams and Ted Williams. These aren't famous people. You've left out FM 2030. I was going to come back to FM 2030. Hang on, what's that? FM 2030 was an author, teacher, transhumanist, philosopher, futurist, consultant and athlete. Robot. He was born Furiodion M. Esfandiri. He became noticeable as a transhumanist with the book... Are you transhuman, monitoring and stimulating your personal rate of growth in a rapidly changing world? Published in 1989. Additionally, he wrote a number of works of fiction under his original name, F.M. Esfandiri. This is great. I'll have someone to bully. Look at him. You ain't bullying this guy. He is a robot. Oh my God. He is a mean machine. He's an actual cyborg. I'm pretty sure that he's given himself the name F.M. 2030 because he's a cyborg. He's quite like, he's like sexy and terrifying in equal measures. He's got a big scar on his face. He's got eyebrows that just won't quit. It's what you want from your transhumans, isn't it? He was an Olympic basketball player in the 1948 Olympic Games. He was a lifelong vegetarian and said he would not eat anything that had a mother. FM 2030 once said, I am a 21st century person who was accidentally launched into the 20th. I have a deep nostalgia for the future, just like you. Mm. Only he's, you know, really hot and strong looking. Mechanical. And what am I? The opposite. Thank you for listening to episode 63 of Wiki A one article episode. We haven't done a one article episode for a while. Have Mm. we only done one before? No, I think we've had a couple. Really? Yeah. Mm. The main thing that everyone took away from last week's podcast was Chris's attempts... And wooing the oh, audit lady yeah, from work. Everyone wants to know. No, I, I haven't asked Chris Ooh. about this. You were I haven't there. asked. Oh, yeah, no. I was there. Oh. I haven't asked Chris about this in in real life in inverted commas because um, yeah, I've, I've wanted to save this for the podcast. I do not know if you have a girlfriend or not, Chris. No, no, she's left. <laughs> she's left. <Yeah. laughs> Is that it? She's left she's your work. Gone. She's uh, she's gone. Did you oh. interact with her year. anymore? Well. I didn't really know what to do because she was in and out of mm. like the office and it's hard to tell where she was going to go. She's quite elusive. <laughs> like a, like a, a, a rabbit. <laughs> she was avoiding you. That's different from being elusive. I she was elusive. Yeah. So I, but I thought, right, she's, so she's smart. Mm-hmm. She does taxes and stuff. And I knew how to fill as my wingman. So I thought everything, you know. Everything's worst wingman ever. It's, it's going to be, Absolute you know, it's going to be worst. fine. Unless so, it's like looking better by association and comparison ouch so, so but the, yeah that's a, that's so a valid service the thing I, I thought I would do is like well I know the only thing I know really about her is she likes maths yeah so what you I was didn't, you didn't do a maths thing did you yeah so <laughs> what what would happen was if Phil had to sit next to me that day for something else anyway. I do know this bit because it was on Twitter. I did I remember it. this, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'll explain okay, it. So briefly. I know this bit, okay. So when she had to go past, I might say, like, oh, trigonometry to Phil. There was one time where you shouted out Dow Jones really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought no. that would work. 
<laughs> no, of, no context, you just went, Dow Jones. Yeah, or line of best fit. Um, but that, that she wasn't responding to that. Really? Yeah. Oh, there was another one. I'm, I'm annoyed with you, Phil, because we had, we had a thing where I set this, I did a setup. We did. I, I let you and down. And you let me down. I was a bad what, wing, wingman He was here. doing a spreadsheet, and I said, right, Phil, say, can you help me with this spreadsheet? And then I would say, no, I'm doing this formula. <laughs> so, uh, but Phil missed the mark completely and she was gone. What did Phil say? Nothing. Nothing. I missed it. I didn't see her come. And uh, maybe subconsciously, I couldn't bring myself to even pretend that there was an Excel problem that was beyond me. That might have been <laughs> Maybe it as that well. was it as well. That could have been. Then she came back again after Phil had gone and I, I was still annoyed at him. And I, I thought, oh. so I just said, like, pie chart. And now that just sounds like I've just said like something nasty about her. She goes to Greg's too often. <laughs> you made up a nickname for her. Yeah, I don't want to think I call her pie chart, and she's gone now. And now she probably thinks that I think she's a pie chart. So she's at, not any a pie point, chart. at any point did you talk to her directly? Yeah, I said pie chart. <laughs> directly at you her. Said dire- you said that directly at it her. in her face. <laughs> but she's gone now. So, and she might be back at the end of the next financial year. Yeah. And you can throw in words like fiscal then. Fiscal. So. Maybe she's listening now and she's heard that. And oh, well, now... I hope she has heard it because I didn't well, no, call her because pie chart. it was Jack that said it, and so she's fallen in love with Jack. What? Shit! You said you fiscal. said fiscal. You've won. You've won she's... the hand of the fair well, maiden. I mean, Chris did tell me her first name and what she looked like, and I did find her on Facebook. No, because you're gonna do that, aren't you? You're gonna have a little snoop. Because that's what we do in the modern age. Uh-huh. So I thought, I'm going to try and find her on Facebook. And I, I did find her, didn't I? Because yeah, I showed yeah, you the did. Facebook yeah, and, and, and Chris confirmed. And it looks very much like she is married with, with children. God damn so, it. So uh, unless but something that, awful happens to her husband, that it's makes, not going to work That's anyway. a good thing because it means she might have been impressed by when I was saying training on the Maybe she was going home and, and having great sex with her husband for the first time in years because she'd, you had reignited her passion. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> For episode 64 of Wiki Shuffle, and we'll be celebrating the one year anniversary. It is, it's a one year anniversary for it. And to celebrate, we haven't really done much, but we have overhauled the website. Oh, and it looks good. So go to wikishuffle.co.uk and you can see the fruits of my labour. It's not even finished yet. There's it's not even finished yet. I've got loads yeah. to do. More to be done, Phil. <laughs> Over time, what we're starting to do is putting up show notes um, so that you can get extra bits of cut out audio and links to things we've talked about in the show. I will be working backwards through our back catalogue so all of the new episodes will get show notes as they come up and I'll be working my way back and putting more show notes onto the old episodes as well so why not re-listen why not boost our download figures that'd be nice yeah Yeah. that'd be nice and also me and Phil we did Pick a Flick that should be out by now get on Pick a Flick and um, I guested on ESC Pulse, a Eurovision podcast. Don't give me that look, Chris. I'm not. I was, I, I'm impressed. What does so ESC stand for? It stands for Eurovision Song Contest. Right. Pulse. So you can listen to that at, I don't know, just Google it, ESC Pulse, or find it on your podcast thing. Or we're going to be can... putting links to these things on the website. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Do that. Go well. to the website. Yeah. Do yeah. that. And uh, you can listen to me and three other Eurovision fans talk heartily and in depth about this Second half of semi-final one of Eurovision this year. If that doesn't whet your appetite, now I suggest you take a long, hard look at yourself. Uh-huh. So go listen to that. Otherwise, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Assuming you haven't frozen yourself between now and then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.